Today is November 21st. You asked for it. Yin's wanted the Pirates to dump Newman for the last two years. Rule 5 predictions. Non-tender deadline. We have so much to talk about here on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Let's go. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How we doing, man? That's crazy. Yeah. It's like every once in a while, I think, are they even going to do anything that's going to give us something to talk about? <laughs> and here we are. Yeah. So you got to tell me, though, are you getting mm-hmm. snow? No. No. Because you moved down where there ain't no <laughs> snow. I tell you, it's been getting not cold, but it's been getting chilly. Jeez, and it's it's been a little bit more chillier than I thought it was going to be the, this early. Gosh, in the 20, pretty much 20s, like most days, the wind it's, has been so bad that the wind chills like 9 or 11. Yeah, it's, it's actually... So I'm right on the golf and it's actually getting into the thirties at night and like it, it stays in the thirties while the sun's not out. Sure. It jumps up into the low to mid fifties during the day, but yeah. Sorry, bud. <laughs> I got up this morning and was getting ready to go to church and I was like, I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting my tights on. <laughs> like I put base layers <laughs> on under my khakis. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And then I was like, we, we got there, I and I it, man. get uh, you, it doesn't matter what his name is. Jake knows him, so I walked up to Curtis. I was like, dude, I put him on. He's like, oh yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there you go. It's that cold here. Buffalo is getting slammed. Jesus, please, you can't even play in their stadium. That's that's fun. crazy. Yeah, that is. I saw uh, I saw one thing. The guy opens up his front door, and there was three cokes sitting inside the snow because the snow was halfway up his doorway and he's had some cokes there he goes things you can do in buffalo right now and he just opens his door and there's cokes getting there getting cold in the snow <laughs> that's funny that's funny well um busy week and it's that time of the calendar right it's it's a busy mm-hmm. week uh we had the rule five decisions that had to be made by uh wednesday yeah wednesday tuesday it was Tuesday. Tuesday. So Rule 5 decisions on Tuesday. Non-tender deadline was Friday. And I really thought that was going to be the extent of it, right? But then they sprinkle in a trade. Mm-hmm. And I I, I got to say, I was kind of interested in the response to this trade. Kevin Newman traded to the Cincinnati Reds in division... Um, we get a relief pitcher, Dowry Moretta, in return. Um, it was kind of interesting, too, and I, we were talking about this before, and it was like the Twins traded Gio Urshela to the Angels, and then some hours later, they're like, okay, uh, now I'll get Kyle Farmer from the from the Reds. And then the Reds are like, all right, you got Kyle Farmer, now we'll go get... It was almost like those things were already in place, but they were waiting for each of them to be finished before they yeah. before they actually went through with it, so... That's the only thing I can figure anyway, is that they were ready. 
Yeah. Um, so let's start with Kevin Newman being traded. Where are we at here? What do we think? I'm not mad. I'm not, I'm not like, oh, great, great. We got rid of Newman. Then the monkey off the back. Let's go. Let's, now we can move. No, I'm not. I'm not like that, but I'm not mad about it either. I think his time was, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at this big youth movement and we got a backlog of middle infielders. And you're going to have to pay him $2.8 million to play a whatever role. That's what the whatever role costs, though? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but I understand you're talking. Of, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're in position to, you know, we're not in a position for that right now. It's just the idea that, like, that's not a lot of money. It's not. But Bob. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> We talked about yeah. getting that. We talked about getting that, and we finally got it. So now when we have a problem with $2.8 million, acting like that's a lot of money. Dang it, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know if the, I don't know if the uh, $2.8 million had a lot to do with it. I know that that's definitely what people are communicating. Oh, any yeah. way they can save money. Maybe. How much do you not like Diego Castillo? I, I mean, I like Diego Castillo, so. So there you go. Because I feel yeah. like, I feel like that's the, the spot that he takes away. If Newman's on the team, I think Diego Castillo could possibly be one of those guys that has a hard time getting playing time. Yeah. So maybe this is, I mean, well, it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You want to see these guys play. Yeah. Is there any sort of veteran leadership that is kind of lost on this? I know he's not a quote unquote veteran. I know he's not like a five, six, seven year starter in the major leagues. Is Can you be a, I mean, I know we've talked about the fact that like Brian Reynolds is forced into veteran leadership and he's going arbitration for the first time last year. You know what I mean? Before right. agreeing to the con to the contract. So like, he's not a, a veteran. Key Brian Hayes is not a veteran. No, and I wouldn't mind paying two point eight or two point nine million dollars for a veteran to come in and you know play that same role. Yeah, and if it is a guy like that, if you're talking veteran now, all of a sudden it's not two point eight, two point nine. Now you're talking five million, six million. And I'd be okay paying that for the veteran, right? And then so the question is, what kind of leadership is Kevin Newman even providing? And if he is then, you know, maybe there's a little bit more pause on this because you say, hey, you got to have somebody there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And while I think that he, he he does serve as that little bit of that veteran, like the, the knowledge, the stuff that, you know, he's been there, he's done it, just not for a really long time. So, I mean, that, sure, there's value there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He's got a lot of knowledge to share. But at the same time, these kids got to get on the field. Yeah, and sometimes I quite – I mean, I think that veteran leadership is important. I don't think that this is what he provides. I think what right. the kind of guy you're looking for in that situation is that you got to have a guy who kind of shares with the team how to win. And yeah. I, Newman can't do that. Mm -hmm. He hasn't experienced that. So I don't think that there's anything there really for him to provide. Uh, I mean, other than just like general stuff, but like – yeah, and that's what I was. He doesn't. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was meaning. Like, you know, he can provide general stuff, but it's not anything. It, it's just his experience, which 
mm-hmm. in the major league level has been losing. So well, how do you, how does he right. tell anybody to grind through anything? How does he, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I, yeah. to me, it, I see value in that, but it has to be for, I mean, right. I mean, we just traded for Choi who actually has played on winning teams and played in world series games mm-hmm. and is the only player on our roster right now who's 30 years old, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is ridiculous. It is crazy. But if it is still true, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's lot. It's not there as a player, as a reliable player who can back up at shortstop. I think you did lose a little bit there. Because now mm-hmm. you're saying who's your shortstops, you know what I mean, on the roster, and you're looking at Diego Castillo, and I mean obviously your starter, you know what I'm saying when you talk about mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz, but like Castro played a little bit of shortstop, you know what I mean. So is I mean uh, currently Hoy Park who's played short, but you're really looking at I guess Ji Huan Bay, but he hasn't really played a whole lot of shortstop recently. Marcano, really not much. Key Bryan did for a couple innings last year. So you're saying Leover Piguero, who we don't think is going to be there right now, and Jared Triolo, naturally a third baseman, but played a good bit of short last year and can handle the position. Might create some more opportunities for Triolo. We'll get into him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that is what interests me about it. Um but in that case, I mean, we talked about Diego Castillo. I mean, who else does this impact the most? I mean, Diego Castillo, I think, gets more opportunities. And maybe this does create opportunities for Jared Triolo, who they just protected Rule 5 draft, which is our next thing. So, Yeah. Um, so your question is, who else does it affect? Who else does it impact that's on the mm-hmm. roster right now? Or is that it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you pretty much touched on them all. Or it keeps one other guy. How in the world is Hoy Park still in this roster? I don't know. I'd much rather see Leover Peguero on it, but well, Leover Peguero is on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. How is Hoy Park? You know, at this yeah, point, I it's, get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, on the forty man at all. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, we talked about it last week. G Man Choi. Mm-hmm. Does Park stick around a little bit longer? Because of the acquisition of Choi and Bay coming up. Now you have three guys from South Korea. We talked about compatriots and how important that could be. Yeah. I just, man, I don't know. <laughs> just not a lot to like about Park. Yeah. There's a little to like. Well, don't get me wrong. Right. And and like I said, Sherrington did say that about Andujar and being from the Dominican and how that's important. So he obviously values that compatriot situation. I did validate yeah. that that is the word to use. Last week, I, I think I said, is it compatriot? I don't really know, but it is. I checked. <laughs> I looked into it. Um, yeah, so it was not something I expected. It was not something that threw us off guard. We talked about the possibility if they had a trade partner that was interested, and when they dealt Farmer, they had a hole at short. Say what you want about them having a lot of shortstop prospects coming up too. None of them are ready. Ellie De La Cruz is about to be a stud in this league. Um, another tall shortstop, much like Cruz, um, but he's a switch hitter and uh, really has had a little bit more success than even like when you look at the minors than even Cruz did. But I mean, the game's changed a little bit too. But um, 
he's not quite he's not six seven, but he is like six right. four or six five. And he has that thin build just like O'Neill Cruz, which is why he's getting the O'Neill Cruz comps because they look very similar on the field. Um, tall and lanky, you know what I mean? But he's not ready. He's only he just got to double A. Newman yeah. is their stopgap now. He'll last the two years if they continue to do it, where Farmer was on his way out after this year anyway. They save a couple nickels and, you know, they get Kevin Newman get for a couple year. years. Yep. So in return, we get Dowry Moretta. And boy, if you're looking at your Twitter feed, it's a mixed bag. And I'm sure it is. If you look at the numbers, that's about the same. It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's kind of interesting. The numbers are uh if you look at them, there, there's some say, oh, he sits around 96. When you look at the numbers, he was pumping a little more than that. Not not a lot, but when he needed it, he had 98 in the tank. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's some of that. Um, there's a little bit of, uh, if you look at the last two years, which is when he's had at least a couple of coffee, three innings in 21 in the majors. Um, and then this year, this past year, uh, 38 innings in the majors. And it was like a little bit early. And then it, in May, at some point, he was sent down for a while, came back up for a shorter stint later, and seemed to be quite a bit better. It, um, the numbers, once he was sent down to AAA, 395 in 27 innings. What sticks out to you here? Um, if, if, you're, if you're not on YouTube, there is, uh, if you want to check out YouTube, there is some, we got some stats here. We've got a couple different pages I'll share. Just the last couple of years, minors, majors, statistics, and kind of what it looks like. But what sticks out to you here, Jake? Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, do you want to be positive or negative first? Let's be positive first. Give us the positive spin. And the only reason I'm calling that out is because people are going to say, wow, he's real high on him. Uh, you know, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. give us the positive first. I, I like to look at his walks. Like he's He's been able to keep his walks down. For the most part, it looks like the uh, 2022 in AAA last year in AAA is the only time he had his walks at four per nine innings. And so, I mean, the dude can locate. He can reach back and he can strike people out. He's got some swing and miss stuff. Um, that ERA hasn't quite trended in the perfect direction. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like his strikeout to walk ratio, to be honest. That's, that's what sticks out to me. The He's home runs have been the thing, right? Nine to almost 10. Yeah, the home runs have been the thing at the major league level, mm-hmm. um, but he's also pitching in Cincinnati, and I took a look at that. And I, actually, I can I can flip back and forth to these things. I know you guys are if if you're on there, you're looking at them, but um, this helps you know me and Jake talk about it. Uh, you know, I've got home and away, and I've got first half and second half, where you can see the eleven, almost twelve innings that when he came back in the second half, those numbers were much better. Mm-hmm. I know it's a smaller sample than the 26 innings, 27 innings-ish um, to start the year, but it looks like the, you know, seven of his 10 home runs last year were at Great American Ballpark. Some of them were no-doubters. Brian Reynolds hit two of them that would have been out in pretty much any place, <laughs> and they were back-to-back days. He came into relief on May, I think, 7th, and he hit a bomb off of him. And then he started the next day as like a bullpen starter, like opener. That's what it's called. And Brian Reynolds took him deep in that game too. 
and he did not fare well in the start. The Pirates tagged him. That was the only time he started a game all year, and it wasn't meant to be a starter. It was literally he had pitched out of the bullpen the day before. It was a clear opener, and the Pirates tagged him pretty good in that in that game. But, mm-hmm. um, but it does, you know, seven home runs in Cincinnati. You do look at the at the at kind of the numbers of, I mean, that's a little league field there, you know what I mean? And so you look at those numbers and, and I, I didn't dig deep enough to go onto the wood it dong Twitter account and see how many of his home runs would have been a home run and how many ballparks like, dude, I'm not going like that. There's, you know, there's park adjusted numbers to look up. You can look at all those things, but ultimately what it comes down to is he's been giving up fly balls. And there was a graph that was kind of circulating around. If, you, if you're on Baseball Savant, you can look up all of his heat charts and all that stuff. His sinker was thrown in the top of the zone a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many of his home runs were sinkers that he gave up, but the fly ball rate in general, sure, that's going to do it. And like I said, I didn't look up his fly ball rate on the pitched sinkers. So maybe <laughs> it doesn't even matter this is very early and I'm not a scout, so I don't have to look at that stuff. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying there's a possibility that he does have some stuff. Um, so if we're looking at the positive side of things, oh, you, the other positive side of things, right? He did reach his rookie, but that doesn't matter for relievers. He still doesn't have a, a year of service. So you're talking about the full six years and a guy that's going into his age 27 season or will turn 27 in during the season. I forget. Uh, I yeah, have it. Oh, so he'll be it's his age 27 season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of getting a pitcher like I think 27 to 32. That's pretty much your prime as a pitcher. You know, the stereotype. That's your prime. So we're getting him right there, I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> but he does still have two options. So this is a guy who can be sent up and down where some of our guys are running out of options. You know, like Miguel Yohore, you you can't keep playing this game with him because he's running out of options and he's two, three years younger than him. Right. So that's a positive thing. So we kind of sprinkled some of the negative in there, didn't we? Yeah. And we talked about his walk rate, his fly ball rate, the sinkers being, you know, bad location. Um, But some of those, some of those numbers, man, the, the, the whip going from 131 to 086 in the second half. And like I said, smaller sample, but um the the whip home and away is a big deal. He did walk more guys away though. And the strikeouts go down away. And I don't know if maybe that's because People he was swinging for the fences. Well, well, no, well, maybe, <laughs> but I swing for the fences all the time. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, I don't know if he does maybe pitch to contact a little bit more when he's not at home because you don't want to pitch to contact in Cincinnati because you're afraid it'll go over the fence. Right. (laughs) But I don't know. The ERAs last year were like, he was really good. Yeah. You know, minor leagues and major leagues, uh, which what major leagues doesn't count. It's three, it's three and two thirds. Uh, It doesn't count. Right. (laughs) I'm just not even, it's right. it's when on the screen. 20, yeah, you can't look yeah, at that. Yeah, when you look at the 21 and that 9.8 strikeouts per nine as opposed to 1.5 walks per nine, that's incredible. Yeah, and that's at double-A, triple-A combined, um, mm-hmm. and that's in 53 innings, 58 strikeouts, uh, 0.75 whip. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. less than a home run per nine. I mean, that's that's what you want to see. He hasn't been able to do that. It's been this year, even in AAA, it was it was two homers per nine. It was two point three at the major league level in his thirty eight innings. And so, you know, there's definitely some to be improved on. Uh, but the the home run piece of it, you kind of hope maybe that does trend better for his time in Pittsburgh. I don't really know. I don't think that this is – I don't really know, man. Worth a shot. He looks like he has a decent arm. He's an athletic guy, you know, yeah. something there maybe. I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm not sure that he's – like we're not talking about I can't believe we got this guy. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is a question. It's a question yeah. mark. And you I got, a, I think it's a positive question mark though. Okay. I really do. I'm, I'm leaning towards, this is going to be a, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm leaning towards, this is going to be a positive pickup rather than a negative, but it, but it is definitely a, a question mark. Yeah. You could see it turning either way. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, so let's get uh, too much time on that. Let's get into the rule five stuff. Um, we got four guys that we protected. Andy Rodriguez, Mike Burrows, Colin Selby, and Jared Triolo, which we're, we're not going to waste any time on Andy and Mike Burrows. Those were easy decisions. As far as Andy goes, he's in the top 100. And as far as the top 100 goes, everyone is protected if they're in the top 100. Um, that's just the way it goes. Uh, what is it? I have a note on this. Um, MLB.com said something about top 100 guys. And now I'm losing it. So forget it. MLB.com said something about top 100 guys. Basically, they're all, oh, here it is. 88 in the last eight years have been eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Every single one of them were added. All 15 this year were added. Like, that's, that he was going to be added. There was no question. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the rest of it is, is um, about, uh, Colin Selby and Jared Triolo and Mike Burrows to me too was an easy decision too. So, mm-hmm. um, so Colin Selby, Jared Triolo, share your thoughts. Um, so when prepping for this a little bit, I mean, we talked about how I'm not real great with this kind of stuff. Like this isn't my forte, but, um, I did look into Triolo and Selby a little bit just to try to get a little bit of an idea my computer's slow, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I see it, but at the same time, I like I don't see either one of these guys getting picked up in a Rule Five draft. Like, I wouldn't feel comfortable picking one of these two guys and putting them on my major league roster. So let me see. I'll say one thing here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I uh, I got to hang out with the guys on the Pirates Fan Forum on Thursday. That episode was released Saturday. Um. But we we talked about a lot of this too, which is why Jake's getting the first stab at this because I had a previous conversation about this already. So, um, you know, instead of instead of swaying him prior to, the one thing that Gary said that really stuck with me was with the DH, teams are using a lot less pinch hitters these days and using more defensive replacements. And we know Jared Triel is great with the glove. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just a short, like, you're not even thinking about it. You nodded your head. You immediately were like, oh, I may change my mind on that alone. And that could be true. It's also the age. He did have a good offensive year last year. I would have leaned that way prior to the same way you did. And then thought after they did it, I thought, 
they might be planning on this guy being around. Well, he's had he's had decent offensive years the past two years, to yeah. be honest. I mean, he batted 304 and 21 in single A, high A. Yeah. So, 282 in 2022. Yeah. So the other thing is, um, I made a comp. Um, and I, I'm not gonna go deep into it. If you guys want to hear it, I, I I'm gonna leave it and say go there. But his body type and everything reminds me a lot of Jordy Mercer. They had the same paths. They're 6'3, 210, and 212 is what they're listed as, right? So they're very similar in that way. Triolo has spent more time at third, but has played short and is definitely capable. Probably a little better with the glove, or certainly a little better with the glove than Mercer, but Mercer probably a little more pop at the plate. But the thing is, is Mercer turned that into a 10-year career. Uh, according to the numbers, Mercer had a little more pop, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It, uh, uh, going up through the minors, when I looked at the minors numbers, um, just a little bit. I mean, Mercer was a 10 homer guy in a season. You know what I mean? If he played a full season, 10 to 12 homer guy. And maybe Triolo grows into a little bit more than that. The, his story has yet to be written. But all I'm saying is if he turns it into what Mercer did, because like I said, same sort of path. Um, Mercer was like a year ahead because he didn't have to have a 2020 season that Triolo did, right? Where he missed a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're still with me, right? Because your videos yes. froze. All right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you, Pratt. Um, we're going to actually take a break. We're going to pause. I think that there's something wrong because the whole video is frozen right now. So let's take okay. a short break and continue this here in a second. Sounds good. And we're back. I know those of you listening to the audio don't have any idea. Those of you watching the video, I have no idea. What we're, I don't have no idea what we're going to find out. The video locked up. Um, looks like the file's corrupt. So we're just going to continue from here. And um, if you're just now seeing us, hi, we're here. Uh, and things are working. I hope, unless this one goes bad too. Anyway, we were talking about Jared Triolo. Um, and I don't remember where we were. So cool. If you guys have other thoughts, share them with us. Um, Colin Selby, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know if he gets selected, but he's certainly one of those guys that could. These kind of guys, like, they just get grabbed because of the age and where they're at, and they're like, we could probably translate this into something. He's got velocity. He's got swing and miss. So I don't mind them protecting him. My only beef, and this will be the next thing that we go into, um, is I would have done Cody Bolton ahead of him. Yeah, I could agree. I could get behind that. Um, I think Cody Bolton, I think there's a chance he could get picked up. And I think if they do, I, I just, I don't like that. It doesn't sit well with me because I feel like, uh, pitching is just too important. I feel like we should have probably protected him. Hopefully he passes through because of the injury history. Um, and then, you know, if he does, I still see him making his debut this year. Like I just see it happening. Yeah. That's, that's what would have made me protect him. Um, the other one would be Malcolm Nunez that we talked about on our show um, last week. Uh, he was left undone, unprotected. And the more I looked into this, the more it was – he's younger than I thought he was when we talked about it. Like he's going mm -hmm. into his age 22 season. Hasn't touched AAA yet. Oh, well, he did for like a second, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I think he's probably passed up on – he's not much of a defender in any way. So with that said – Maybe he's, maybe he's fine. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't see anybody taking Nunez, but 
possibility is always there for the guy with, I mean, he's got pop. Yeah. So of the ones that were DFA'd in this process, uh, we go to Junior Fernandez, Tyler Heineman, Manny Benuelos, and Jeremy Beasley. All four of them are gone entirely. Junior Fernandez claimed by the Yankees. Heineman and Benuelos were non-tendered, and they both chose free agency, or they just get free agency because they were non-tendered. I guess you don't really... It says they elected, but like you weren't tendered a contract. Of course you were <laughs> elected. Um, and yeah. Jeremy Beasley released and looking to sign in Japan. Yeah. Um, I was actually kind of surprised, honestly, to see Benuelos get DFA. And I thought, I thought he was all right for us in the bullpen. And it, I thought he deserved another year, another shot. Yeah, certainly he's the one that surprised me. I really thought because that we have no other left-handed pitchers on our roster that he was going to stick around. Um, and that one was the one that surprised me. The rest of them, not even close. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only thing I thought about Benuelos is that he did not have success elsewhere. When he came to Pittsburgh, something clicked, it felt like, and he was doing well. So I thought that he had earned another chance. Yeah. So the only thing I can think is that they made no changes. Because a lot of times you get a guy, you make a tweak, and things start working for him. If they made no tweaks, if they made no changes, what makes you believe that's going to continue? Maybe he was just having good fortune doing the same thing he was doing when he was getting shelled, yeah. having misfortune. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if that's it, I could see you saying like, yeah, you were better, but we don't know why. <laughs> and if you don't know why, I'd be nervous that he wouldn't be better. Right. That doesn't kill the only left-hander on the roster problem, but yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get somebody. Uh, two people at least. Yeah, we have to get a few, three, four. I don't know. Starters, relievers, the whole the whole thing, and depth. Like, there's a lot to do here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got to keep moving here. Um, Non-tender deadline was Friday. They did agree to a one-year, $1.5 million contract with uh, – did you believe that I wrote that in the notes and did not put a name? It's Miguel Andujar, but I did not write him in that sentence. <laughs> and I was like, why did I not write that it was – anyway, one-year contract with Andujar. Uh, he was projected to make around 1.7, so a little bit, uh, a little bit less than that. The rest of them were all tendered, so that's – Stevenson, Newman, who was then traded, Underwood, Keller, Brubaker, and Choi, all tendered contracts. So now basically they say, we've offered you a contract. Let's, let's do the dance. And then eventually they'll have to file. If they don't come to an agreement, they'll file for arbitration. Here's my number. Here's my number. They'll do that whole thing. Um, you'd like to see them agree to terms before that. Or basically what this means is you still have control. Um, but it also means that like, you're not like committed yet a hundred percent. Like we talked about Stevenson in his 1.9 million, uh, projection. They're probably going to try to sign him for less than that. If they don't come to an agreement, I wonder if arbitration is still filed for him. If it is, maybe they offer 1.5. He comes back at 2.1. Maybe they win that. Maybe it's something else. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but either way, if they feel like they can't sign him, maybe he doesn't still 
get go to arbitration? Chances are he probably does. And if you haven't yeah. cut ties with Underwood by now, they're planning on retaining him. So I would just expect Underwood to be around as well. Unless they come into some some relievers that pushes him out, I I think there, it looks like they're going to go to 23 with with Underwood still on the... He's projected at a million. Oh, no, and it's not even you that. I mean? to, like, me, to me, the Underwood thing is not a cost savings. I would like to see Underwood go because I've seen enough. But at this point, we don't have, like, we got to have pitchers. You got to have yeah. bodies. And he's there. Uh, it, it really doesn't, yeah, the, the, the money is nothing for Underwood. It, this, if Underwood goes, it has nothing to do with, same with Newman. I think it has nothing to do with his salary. He, he it wouldn't have a big salary. Right. So it has nothing to do with saving money, in my opinion. Um, and Underwood will be the same thing. Stevenson, I think, will have a little bit to do with it because I, you got to like what you have if you're willing to pay him $2 million to pitch out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, but I think that's not necessarily like, oh, that's a lot of money, but oh, it's more like, hey, we're talking about value here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's worth that, you know, but maybe he is. I don't know. We talked about him a little bit before on a previous one. Um, the rest of them are easy decisions, right? Yeah. Um, so are you okay, surprised my, at all on the Stevenson Underwood allergy, thing? Hold on. Yeah. Give me one second. My allergies have kicked up really bad. I don't yeah. know what's going on, but mute what? it. Oh yeah. Let's uh, let me know when you're back. <laughs> I'll save all the viewers from having to watch that. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're fine. And and by the way, we're gonna keep on rolling. Uh, without taking a break just because we had that we had that setback and the problem with the video and, and all that stuff that took some time. So I'm going to take this time while he's gone to kind of remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, those kind of things. Um, you know, it just helps other people find it. Um, if you're on YouTube or you're, you didn't know we were on YouTube, check it out on YouTube. Uh, I, I tend to like YouTube hit like, hit subscribe. The reason I like it is because there's comments literally right below the episode. And so if you guys have comments on the things that we're talking about, just start firing them away in the comments section and, um, you know, kind of join in on the discussion here. We like to hear from you guys. Uh, otherwise, Twitter, bridge, number two, Bucktober, um, kind of flashing on the screen right down here. If you're, if you are watching on YouTube, there's some Twitter, Instagram, Facebook things, mostly active on Twitter. Um, but if you're if you send messages and stuff, you know we'll get to them. But uh, join in on this, man. We want to hear from from everyone and kind of have you part of the conversation and everything. Um, are you back yet? I'm hey, good. No, he's good. All right, let's go back to it. So, uh, yeah, um, not a whole lot of of non tender things. Any anything kind of stick I, I I don't know we didn't we didn't talk about this but like is there anybody out in the world that did not get tendered that you're like hey maybe we can uh so I've mentioned Cody Bellinger yeah. I don't think it's a thing yeah I really don't but a lot of people are mentioning cool. Cody Bellinger yeah um, I don't know if it yeah I don't know I mean I still think that the money is gonna be high and I just don't know with him being left-handed I don't I don't I don't know that there's a fit I don't know I don't know where I'd play him He's certainly a great outfielder. Yeah. He's also certainly a great first baseman, but we just got one of those. My thing for Bellinger for our team was if he was going to play first. And yes, yeah. I know that he would have been the best center fielder on the roster, but 
but I still would have played him at first because that's the position we needed. Now that he's there, I mean, we just signed Andujar. I, I assume they plan on playing him in the outfield. We also have Sawinski, Kyle Mitchell, CSN, all those guys. Um, yeah. And Bay. You know what I mean? So, like, there's plenty of guys to be in that outfield with Reynolds. Um, and, yes, Reynolds will play for the Pirates in 23. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of looking through some of these. I mean, there's, there's some left-handed... Pictures. There you there. go. We might be able to. Yep. All right. So we will. We'll maybe we'll look into it and, and talk about that next week. Because um, I want to get your thoughts on this next thing because I know it's something that is. Let's, let's take a shift from the things that are happening as far as rosters and players and things like that. This is something that that you have been a part of mm-hmm. in the past and something that you've really loved that's been missing for the third straight year. No Pirates Fest this year. Yeah, I saw that. That's, I mean, I wasn't going to be able to go this year either way, but uh, it was a, it was a good time, man. Like I, I went every year from, I can't even remember when I started going to that, 2011, 2012, when it was at the convention center, up until 19. It was 19 the last one. 2020 was the last one. It was the it was the only one like Derek Shelton, Sherrington, they were all there not having like they were brand new faces. No game, 20, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think 2019 was the last one I was at. I think there's something came up and I wasn't able to get 2020. But either anyway, um I, I thought it li- I thought it lacked a little bit when they moved it over to the park cuz it was freezing cold and like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it at the convention center much better, but I mean, you you had players showing up. You had old players showing up. You had new players showing up. Um, you had guys that are still in like the upper ranks of the of uh, minor leagues show up. You know, like big some of the new guys. draft picks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, new draft picks would come. Um, coaches. I mean, you you almost almost always got to run into, just run into somebody. I remember one year, I think I talked to Joe Block, just had a little conversation with him. Like, it was, I mean, they are totally cool with it. You know, if, if they're not busy and they're walking through and you happen to run into them, it's fair game. Like, you can just chat with them and they're they're totally cool. And it was, um, I forget which year it was, 2012, I think. I went and actually got to go up on stage and play one of the little mini games. And Evan Meek was up on the stage. I mean, you know, I was I was an Evan Meek fan, but I wasn't like huge, huge on Evan Meek. But that, that definitely made me root for him more. Being able to have actual interaction with him, and you know, I won the chance to be able to throw out the first pitch at a game at PNC. And I, would, why, how else would I get that chance if it wasn't for going to Pirate Fest? Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, there's there's a lot of things that they show you all their promos that are coming up for the year, and you, you actually get to see them. Because I believe right now the promotions are posted, but there's no pictures available. Yeah. There's no like the new shirts that all the shirts are there for you to see. Um, bobbleheads and that, yeah, bobbleheads. But, you know all the giveaways, the bags, the towels. Like you get to see all that stuff. They're on display. So l- let me let me ask you this though. I mean, this is an organization right now not only losing fans, but losing touch with them. It feels mm-hmm. like, and yeah. like how much of that is missed when you could interact with them 
be personable. And like you said, like, you know, you see those guys and you're like, oh man, he was super nice to me. And if you're a kid, Mm -hmm. you're a kid anywhere from, you know, even in the high school, when you're, when you're playing ball and you're looking up to these guys, Mm -hmm. you get to interact with these guys. They might not have been a player that you were high on, Mm -hmm. but now all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm a root for him because he was nice to me. Or, you know what I mean? Like when you're a kid, that's super impressionable on you. And so when you're talking about those young fans, and like that's what makes those guys, those fans, uh, those guys be what they are to those young fans. Yeah. And then sure. for your older, for your older, you know, fan in your twenties and above, all the way up, just having like a discussion with guys and being able to just talk to them like they're just regular people. You know what I mean? Because you know, ultimately, that's what they are. You know, what I mean, you're not 45 years old going up there, you know, geeking out over Kevin Newman. You know what I mean? You're you're just going up there and right. you're saying good luck. And it does make you root for those guys a little bit more when they're more personable. It gives them a little bit of a, you know what I mean, just a connection. And then to go a step further and talk about, oh, we got to sit there and, and listen to Derek Shelton talk about things that you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't hear in a press conference or you know what I mean? Just stuff like that gives you a little bit of, you know, oh, we're in touch with this organization and these are our people and we like them. They're part of the community a little bit. And I just feel like, man, this, as much as they've lost since this regime has taken over, I mean, we're talking this Pirates club, as far as front office goes, is brand new from 2020 to now. And it's been nothing but losing. And yes, I understand it's a rebuild. I, I'm, I completely understand and I'm giving right. them the time. Mm-hmm. But give us the, give us something here, give us some kind of connection to you, and I just feel like that's something that's missing a little bit. And if you guys are in, if you're really plugged in and you've seen the things about the town hall meeting or whatever it was called, with some of the the former season ticket holders, that's maybe a piece of that. But like, you need a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Pirates Fest was that kind of a thing. Yeah. This is yeah, a big miss. It is. It really. It really is. And, and you know, I, you had me look up a little bit about that town hall meeting, and there was a you RSVP'd for it, and you wrote your question down on your RSVP. They answered those questions. There was no open floor discussion, anything like that. And that's like they did that at Pirate Fest. Like you got in a line during the Q and A session, and they had you know ten to fifteen people up there. And you just kind of got in a line, walked up to the mic, and you asked a question, say, you know, hey, my question is for Andrew McCutcheon, or my question is for... Do you have to vet those questions through? Brown. Huh? Do you have to vet them, tell them what you're going to ask? I I never went up and asked a question, okay. to be honest, because I just didn't want to go up in front of the mic. But Just I wait mean, for some dude to walk up there and be like, why are you so cheap? Yeah. <laughs> Get him out of no, here. No, actually, 100%. <laughs> I, I was there. And somebody said, when are we going to spend some more money? Mm. You know, and that was a question that was legitimately asked. And they beat around the bush, of course, when they answered the question. You know, you can't expect them to just just flat out answer that with a good, solid answer. Yeah. But but I don't know. I mean, that, that kind of stuff goes a long way with the fans, too. Yeah, I think it does. And I just think, I mean, certainly a large portion of the fan base. You know, if you're listening to this and you're saying, ah, I don't really care one way or another, that's fine. You're probably in the minority. I think that, you know, for for you and for, you know, people like you, 
Um, sure, that stuff may not be important at all. What you want to see is the product on the field, and that's that's fair. That's completely fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there is something to be said for for that type of fan base that you're losing because they feel like they're not a part of it, like like you're not a part of them. And I think that that's important, especially at a place like Pittsburgh and the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh fan base. Like you do want to feel like it's like it's a part of it. You know what I mean? And and it has in the past. And um, you know the the blackout game and the way that you know McCutcheon and those guys it, they'd make you feel like it was you know you play Pitts you play the Pirates you play the whole city and it was like yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. you felt like when you went to that game you were contributing you know what I mean yeah like they were a part of you and and I just feel like they this is a miss mm-hmm. they need to be they need to get back to this we are so you know obviously there was 2020 it was it was brand new it was freezing cold and the whole thing. 2021 came and it was still COVID stuff. I understand they, you know, 2022 came the lockout, all that stuff. I understand. Why not this year? Yeah. What's your reason right now? Are you still, are you still laying some of these things out? Is it, I just don't, I don't get it. So I think this is a miss. I think this is the, I think it would have been passed fine. The last two years is is understood. Mm -hmm. Um, No idea. No idea why it skipped this year. So I, I'd love to hear other thoughts on this. Let us know, guys. And, and I know that this is pretty even across the board, that people are pretty upset about this. Um, maybe share some stories from Pirates Fest that, that you guys had. And maybe, maybe you know, if, if you guys want to send us a story or something, hit us a, shoot us a message on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, like a, like a private message with your story. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we've got the time and we've got the stories next week, if, you know, the world doesn't blow up, maybe we'll share some of those Pirate Fest stories. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. So we've got some minutes. Uh, we talked about the MLB awards. We've got some minutes here left over at the end of the show. Let's kind of run through what those were uh, just around the MLB. Rookie of the year went to Julio Rodriguez and Michael Harris, Seattle and Atlanta. Um, so we're basically all over the place. Uh, Julio Rod, we had, you know, we were all wrong. But last week we made new picks, according to the finalists. And I'm going to say we both got Julio right, even though you said Adley, but you said, I really think it's going to be Julio. So you basically got it right. But we also <laughs> both went Strider. And uh, and I had mentioned uh, in passing, well, since we both said Strider, it'll be Michael Harris. So And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but we thought it would have been Strider. Uh, manager of the year went to Tito Francona and Buck Showalter. Um, we both said Snicker. And then you went Scott Service and I went Tony Francona. Um, but I did say it's gonna be show or it's not gonna be show Walter unless they just really like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I will stand by my statement. They got that one wrong. Yeah. Uh, he blew a big lead. There's absolutely no reason. I know he won a lot of games, but both the other managers won more. There's absolutely no reason. He turned a team around. No, he didn't. The front office did. They spent a crap ton of money. It shouldn't have went to show Walter. I think that was a bad move. I think it's because he's in New York. And that's the only one in all of these awards that I disagree with. These ones. Yeah. The gold glove, that's different. This is the baseball writers. They did not vote for gold glove. Right. Um, so anyway, we move on to Cy Young. Uh, it was Verlander and Alcantara or Alcantara. I say Alcantara all the time and it's Alcantara. Anyway, um, Boy, we really, I listened back to our episode last week. We really kicked this one around. 
because we were just being dumb. You you had Urias from the beginning of the year, so you had to stick with him. Mm-hmm. I only went Urias because I picked Bueller. I should have just was le- been level-headed about this. We all knew it was going out a contra. I mean, this is your guy here. He threw more complete games than most teams did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and on the other side, it was Verlander, which uh, you said Manoa. And then, like, I, this was another one of those things where you're like, dude, Verlander really had the year, but <laughs> I, just, I don't know what you were doing. I'm not good at, at, at predictions. No, though. nobody is. Uh, yeah. It. So then MVP, which was the big one. Uh, and we had a lot of discussion about Otani and Aaron Judge. They made the right move, and it wasn't even close. Aaron Judge won 28-2 to on the first-place votes. Everyone knew that that was the way to go, except for two people, and they got it wrong, but don't worry about it. It went to Aaron Judge, as it should have. And rightfully so, it went to Paul Goldschmidt. Yep. And I do have a, I have a couple quotes here. Um, I said, this award should go to Aaron Judge. Hands down, should go to Aaron Judge. That's what I said. Uh, But I had to pick Otani. It's the only reason I put my quote down. You said Judge. I had to say Otani because I picked him at the beginning of the year, even though I really basically said it should go to Judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, We both picked Arenado because of that, and we said it probably should go to Goldschmidt, but it will go to Arenado for the same reason he got the gold glove. Hey, the baseball writers are better than the people who vote for the gold glove because they went Paul Goldschmidt. He had the MVP year. And pretty happy for all these guys that won these awards and the writers for getting most of them except for Buck Showalter right. Give him a little clap here. Good job, guys. I did think it was interesting. I was watching MLB Network on the Sandy Al, whatever, Alcantara. Because <laughs> I say it the same way you said you always do. Anyway, he's the guys are on there like, you know, he needs to quit throwing so many complete games if they want to. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no, no. If you're throwing well and you go out and throw a complete game, good. Good for you. That's your job is to go pitch a baseball game. Yeah. And if you can make it through the whole daggum game, then do it. Come on now. I'm sorry. I I don't agree with that at all. But are they saying because he's not going to last? Gosh, yeah, health reasons. Just can't they said keep... we need you to be. If you're going to be our horse, we need you to be healthy, not not throw complete games. Oh my gosh, dude! Are, are you serious? These guys are glass, man. They're made of glass, and it's... they don't have PEDs anymore to help them get through a season. That's true, but let them use them. Oh, hot take, hot take. I don't think they need to use them like you know crazy, but I mean, come on. We're being too strict. I don't think you need to be out there using roids by no means. Roids are not okay, but some PEDs, I'm okay with it. I think that Just to help you stay healthy. I think, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a level of this that you can say, like, you're flying off the handle right now, and I, w- I want to say that just because I want to let that be known to the listener right now. We're not saying, or maybe you are, but. I, there's a, there are a lot of things right now that guys continue to get busted and it's like, oh, I was just trying to come back from an injury or, you know, and if, I don't know, I don't even, I have no, like, we, I didn't look anything up on this. I, I don't want to say anything. I don't, <laughs> all I'm saying is you, you haven't either, right? So you're, you're just flying off the handle right. saying something's got to give. We, we don't even let these guys take no-dose pills. You know what I mean? Like, they ain't allowed to have caffeine. Right. 
and obviously it's, I mean, I'm exaggerating here, but it is true. Like when you look over the history, you can go all the way. I mean, I don't know how far back you can go. The steroid era. Yes, there were steroids. There was all this stuff. And you listen to Mark McGuire. He said, Oh, I took them. Like I took a low dose because that's the only time I felt good. So he's trying to say it doesn't help him hit home runs, but like, dude, it helps you stay on the field, which helps you hit more home runs. Like, yes, it's cheating. You're not allowed to do it. You're completely wrong. But like they literally did it so they could stay on the field. And before steroids, it was something else. And they had the amphetamines and they had all the things. And it's like, no, guys have been taking stuff to stay on the field for a long time. And then you get these guys coming out here who are constantly working out, who have so much more to damage and then they're not allowed to do anything. I stand by that. I don't think they're allowed to do anything. I think maybe just, you know, stay out of the gym a little bit. Do different types of exercise that are built for stamina, not for power. Specifically pitchers. Mm-hmm. You don't need to throw 100 if you just learn to pitch good. <laughs> but then the right. argument is, well, if I don't throw 100, then I'm not good. So I'd rather throw 100 for five innings and get moved on then, you know, learn how to throw eight innings and get pulled because I'm not doing well. <laughs> yeah. So I think if you find a guy who can do both, you need to get off his back. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily tell them that people should be taking PEDs. <laughs> no, no. And I, what you're saying uh, yeah. is I want more pitchers to throw seven or eight innings, so find a way to make that happen. And I think that that's probably just a gut reaction to say, well, if that's how it has to happen, let's make it happen. I think instead of... Instead of that, I think maybe we need to say maybe it's unrealistic to ask guys who can't throw. I don't care how you make it to the majors and you end up being good. If it means you're Tyler Glass now and you cannot face a lineup the third time through, but you can have success, I'm willing to pay something for that value, knowing that I have to take you out. But man, if I had a guy like Sandy Alcantara, I'm also going to love that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to change him into Tyler Glass now if he doesn't have to be. Right. <laughs> I love Justin the fact Verlander. that I love Funny. the fact that you just dove right into that though. Sorry. <laughs> oh not PEDs, man. Not PEDs, but I don't know. I think so. I think they're too picky on some things like There are probably some things that they're not. I w- I wonder if they're like limited to how much, you know, I don't know that they can take. You remember uh, Nolan Ryan used to do the Aleve commercials. Now I can go another nine innings. You know what I mean? Just with Aleve, buddy. I wonder <laughs> if that's what you're taking to go another nine innings. Yeah. And the the fact that that's the motivator, right? Means that yeah, this is why people started taking stuff. That's funny. I did not expect that to go that way. But uh, kudos to all those guys that won the awards. That was really good. Sorry about the uh, the video mishaps this week. Um, hopefully, I can recover that. And I'm saying something. You're like, "What are you talking about?" Um, hopefully, I can recover some of that. If not, thanks for sticking around and watching the whole video. Uh, didn't expect this to happen. Uh, if I can't recover it, maybe I'll record something at the beginning. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. I always say that. I try to be motivated to do more things. But <laughs> I got all the kids to myself tonight. Not all of them, but anyway. That's all I got for tonight, man. You got anything else? I'm good. I'm all out of fresh takes. All out of fresh takes. Like, <laughs> tell everybody to take PEDs and stuff like that, dude. Jake just comes out with the hammer tonight. 
<laughs> we want drugs. Drugs are bad, okay? Dang it, Bobby. All right, that's all I got. Uh, till next week, let's go, Bucks. Yeah, let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!